Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Live stream, what's up? I hope you can hear me. We've had a million and five sound and tech difficulties this morning. But if you can't hear me, I'm sorry. Look at this beautiful team, though. Anyway, we're so glad that you're here. If this is your first time, welcome. We like you already. If you didn't get a greeter welcome card, there's one in your chair for you. <laughs> um, anyway, if you guys will stand, we are going to read our lectionary passage from the psalm this morning. If you're not familiar with the lectionary, it's just a group of scriptures that the global church reads. All right, here we go. Psalm 37, 1 through 11. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Jesus, we thank you that you are our hiding place, our shelter, our refuge from the storm. We thank you for your presence here in this place this morning. We thank you for the community of God. Just wherever you're at today, just take a second to kind of settle. We're not in a hurry this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do a work in whatever way that looks today. We lay down our agendas. We lay down what, it, what we think it should look like for you to move. Would you come and meet with us today? In Jesus' name. Oh God, you lean into us and we lean into you. A flow of friendship that has no end. For that we are grateful. We are invited to pray without ceasing. This is not a burden, but a freeing gift, an invitation to stay present to our constant dance with you. We breathe your peace as many are holding their breath, watching the tensions on the border between Russia and Ukraine and the diplomatic talks trying to stave off war. May your peace, which surpasses understanding, swoop into the hearts and minds of those with so much power. Give to us all hearts of hospitality and sanctuary. Forgive us all our hostility and hatred. Bring all people to the humanity you give us and to the reconciliation and healing for which you give your life. Strengthen us all to work with you to build justice and peace, reconciliation and healing in our hearts, in our homes, in our streets, 
in all communities, neighborhoods, and nations. We breathe your comfort on those whose lives were impacted by the devastating mudslide in Brazil. We breathe your comfort for those who grieve for the dead and missing from the Spanish fishing trawler that's, that sank off the coast of Canada. In each breath, when we are aware and unaware, you are aware, leaning toward us, holding us in magnificent love. May we each, may each breathing one feel this profound love. We breathe into this body an awareness of the invitations from you. Just as the Trinity is in communion with one another, may we be in communion with you. We submit ourselves to the ways of the kingdom, that we would be a people that embody being physically and spiritually present with you, our community, our neighbor, and our friend. Breath of God, be fully alive in us today. Amen. All right. If you didn't have enough time to fill out your information sheet, we're going to create space after service for that as well. And we're going to be doing it for the next four weeks. We just want to get information that actually matches where our body is. So lots of announcements today. Um, I think Shannon is the perfect person to do that amount of announcements because she's so kind. But that's hard to do. I'm going to be honest. That's a really difficult. A lot of invitations for us. A lot of exciting things happening. Um, if you are new, I'm Josh. I'm the pastor. And it's exciting to be here today with you guys, especially because today's focus is stepping into being present. And if you've been a part at all in the last few months, you've heard that our church emphasis for the next three months until our birthday Sunday is we all go together. And really, and we all go together, there are five, everybody say five. five. Five action steps. We've already gone through one, spiritual formation. To be a part of a local community, it, I mean, it should feel like it's very important to be formed spiritually within that community and to step into that. And so for two weeks, we've been sharing ways to do that. Excited to see that even with our ETS groups, which is our Equipping the Saints groups, which is groups of four to six of us walking through the disciplines together over four months long. We had just about as many people step in as last, last time, which is great. Thank you, Kara. And then there's some other groups. And then today is we're, we're going to be talking about stepping into being present. And then next week is stepping into prayer. The week after that, stepping into serving. And the week after that, stepping into giving. So these are all really kind of tangible, practical ways to be a part of a local community in a healthy way. And so we feel like they're all important. But today is stepping into being present. So really quickly, I'm going to share with you a posture. So what is the definition of a posture? A posture is the position in which you hold your body, heart, or spirit. Everybody say posture. Your posture today is presence. Everybody say presence. So what is being present? It's in a place or existing or occurring in now. So posture today is being present, and being present actually means being where you are. That sounds ridiculously simple, but as a fellow American, we are very good at not being present. We can also actually be physically present and not be present at all. You see this at dinner tables. You see this on dates. One of the saddest things for me is when I'm seeing somebody on a date and they're both on phones, probably texting each other. <laughs> it's so hard for us to be present, right? 
The easiest part is physically present, but that's not enough. I think presence is who am I with? What am I with? I love what Jen said. I see the same thing. This last week I sat on my back porch and I just tried to notice the different kinds of trees and just like what is in my own yard, just present enough to recognize, do I hear birds? Is it warm or cold? Instead of thinking about the next meeting I have. And so I'm excited today to share with you the, the invitation of being present because it's been a gift that I've received through Sabbath and Silence and Solitude over the past two years. But it's also a gift I want to be able to bestow upon my children so that they know how to be where they're at instead of feeling hurried or anxious. What would it be like to have a non-anxious presence? That would be so beautiful, I think. And so I'm going to read you your passage for the day. And it comes from Hebrews, and it's 10, 19 through 26. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up. If you have a phone app, go ahead and pretend like you're opening up to your Bible app. I'll read this to you, and then we'll share a little bit about it. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for we who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So close your eyes with me. Jesus, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that what we see in the beginning of the New Testament is the culmination of God's purpose, which was the word becoming flesh, which was you. Logos, God, it was you. We physically see your presence enter the earth. We see you become present in flesh, incarnate, and then you embodied for us what you desired to give us that way. So we pray as we read these scriptures that they would not just be a stale, flat reading, but they would be interactive and lively, and that we would sense your invitations into deeper connection with you. I thank you that we can celebrate around the word and that we can place value in the depth of the word. And then it can form all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to share just a couple things about this and then kind of make it really practical at the end. But I've read this passage maybe 15, 20 times this week. I read it in my group. Thank you, Micah, David, Nana. We read it together. And it took me a while to notice what was happening because I think... I wanted to place upon this text that we need to be present in the body of Christ, which I think if you're here, you probably in some form believe this to be true, but I think how we get to that spot is where we get in trouble, and I think it's easy for me to say to Rachel or to Kara or to my family, no, we're people who go to church without really understanding the why behind it, and so I love how the writer of Hebrews doesn't just take a 
an idea and then place it upon a people, but he understands that the, the idea of each person's Christological view comes into focus when this conversation begins to happen. So why do we gather as the local church and the local community in a city, as the people of Jesus? He hits some things right off the bat that have nothing to do with the gathering, but have to do with how we view Jesus specifically. And so what I've noticed personally is the steps I take away from Jesus at times also take me away from my desire to interact with his body, right? Because Jesus has, he embodies these ideas and these thoughts that actually make the body of Christ possible, right? The things that he imposes upon our flesh are things that without make it almost impossible to do life with others. So he talks about how he's this great high priest, And this high priest, for a priest, the job was to connect the people to God. It was almost like being a bridge for the people to connect with God. And Jesus becomes our great high priest. And before he says that you need to make sure you gather, he talks about how Jesus is now this bridge drawing people, not just in the beginning, not just an invitation, but actually drawing people all the way in, all the way through, all the way to the destination. And guess what the destination is? Jesus. Jesus is the destination. Jesus is the new land, right? Jesus is the promised land. So Jesus is not only the great high priest, but he's also the one that takes us all the way in. But in that, he's also the one who sprinkles our hearts clean. One of my most noticeable characteristics about people who desire to not be a part of the body are people who, like all of us, struggle with deep shame and regret, but don't really know what to do with that shame and regret. Right? There are people who enter the body of Christ and have a hard time being present because those thoughts about those things seem to keep them from being able to be present. I know this to be true in my own life when I'm struggling with whatever. Most common recent thing is athletically, as you all know, I'm always a little too serious with my kids. This came out yesterday. You can ask Nana. His daughter is also on a team that I coach. I have an inability at times to love well while people are performing athletically. I don't know why. It's not healthy, right? And so sometimes I allow that kind of, like even this morning I woke up and I came in here and I always come in early just to spend time with Jesus, just to be with him, to embody what I want to see in our body. And I feel myself hitting these things of yesterday about the way I would have treated my own daughter who didn't do as good as she could have done but did great. And so we bring these things in with us all the time. And sometimes those things are so large that we forget that Jesus is the one who brings us into the presence and that we need that part of him. And so we have to see Jesus first clearly to even desire his body. And there's a deep connection there. The connection with Jesus and his body, they can't be separated. And I understand why people don't want to be a part of a lot of communities because there are people in communities, and not everybody is easy to sit with. And we really shouldn't be in a community where everyone is just like us, where it's just all chemistry and connection. And everyone loves this show when we all listen to this band and we all eat at this restaurant. That's not community. That's a select, that's a fairyland, right? You're actually being filmed, you're in a movie at that point. You didn't even know it. You should be in community with people where the body of Christ has to step in to the nature and character of the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is there because it's impossible to have it without those things. 
but Jesus and our view of him impacts how we enter a body. And I, here's the great news about Jesus. He wants to redeem that. Right? We heard it in the songs this morning, but Jesus is always redeeming and drawing us near to him. Right? A picture. The Spirit is drawing us into the presence of Jesus. The Spirit is always revealing Jesus, which was God's intention for us, where we see this is what he meant. Jesus is what God meant. Does that make sense? So we, when we see the New Testament and the Gospels, we see what God meant all along. And now we have the ability to understand. Because the veil has been torn and Jesus' flesh has been torn. So now we see clearly, oh, this is about Jesus. And Jesus is always leading us into community. So my favorite thing that happened in my group this week was when we read this passage together. We did a little bit of Alexia Divino together. That's just a way to study scripture. And almost for all of us, we noticed to approach boldly the holy places. And the idea of what that would look like to boldly approach a holy place, right? Which could be a corporate setting or a setting in the temple, but it also could be like your own portable prayer closet that's just with you at all times. I should have had a better word there, but I didn't. One of the commentaries I read this week said, like, it's all, we all have this portable shrine that we can at any moment step into, and we rarely remember that we can. So when we deal with that day's thing, instead of going into this portable shrine to deal with it with Jesus, we try and form our best opinions about how to deal with it and then share that with Jesus. But Jesus is literally the center point of how all of it comes together. And so as a follower of Jesus, we can boldly approach those places that are holy, which are not just confined to this setting, but are accessible at any point. When you're next to the river drinking coffee tomorrow morning, when you're driving down the street or walking, or at your, you can step into that portable, does that make sense? Does shrine make sense to you guys? Okay, all right, good deal. I love this language because it reminds me, I can anticipate what it's like to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. That's why I want to do this. Because being with Jesus makes life fuller, more robust. Not more about me, right? I loved whoever transitioned the worship songs into us language. I think it was Mariah. I love when we sing us language to God, reminding us that any formation that happens cannot stop with me, should always lead me into that body, should always lead me into the other, right? True formation looks like that. Or it becomes stagnant and stale, and it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work if it's just about you. You'll end up being in a very discouraged place if it stays with you in your own portable shrine. So right picture of Jesus, introduction to the body, do not forsake meeting together. I've heard that passage so many times, and the reason I struggle to preach it is because it's been used so much to just make people come to a room, which is not the point, right? But if this place is holy, right? If the gathering of the people of God is a holy place, can we expect Jesus to be present in that? I 100% need that. I need to be in the presence of the believers of Jesus who believe and anticipate that Jesus will be present. And that's how it all comes together for me. And that's what I think we're being led into. So when we're saying we're asking you to be present, I think what I'm really saying is I'm asking you to give space to be reminded who Jesus is personally for you so that it can impact your whole world. In this space, 
This should be one of the best spaces to collectively celebrate Jesus where he's the center of the table, right? That's why, to me and my family, more honesty. Over pandemic, I've heard from too many pastors, too many churches about it's all the same struggles in churches, right? That's why we're doing our re-up right now is because it's an easy season to step away. It's hard to know what's going on. But in this season where it doesn't look like probably cultural success, I believe our church has been more successful than at any moment in history, going deeper into the heart of Christ, seeking Jesus for this season, for this city. And I believe I've been taught more, even though it's been harder, that the gathering of the saints is actually always going to be important always going to be important where Jesus is the center of a thing, not just my impositions upon my spirituality of what I need to get out of my spirituality. This is the place that should continue to embody and build that in us. And then if that happens, as we enter, we go from discouragement to encouraging one another. Just think about the word discourage. To discourage something. That's to take courage out of something. And how many of us walk in discouragement? And God's got brothers and sisters all up in here. And all the people in here have this ability to walk up to somebody and encourage, instill courage into noble character, more Christ-like character and conduct, to see in Daniel, to see in Antramica, and to speak into them. This is what the body of Christ is for, right? This, this is what a healthy body looks like, to stir one another up, to spur one another on. There's actually a word used in this passage that actually means to agitate. It's, it's, it's not even, so that doesn't even compute with our spirituality, that we would agitate one another. That just doesn't even work, right? Some of you are agitative. That's not a word, but, but to think about, I care so much about Joan that I would agitate her into this. And not just smile as someone steps into discouragement and steps away from what we would consider the source for life, right? The tree planted next to rivers of living waters. To, To encourage, to instill into them. You are a beloved. I mean, have you really sat with someone recently and your primary prayer was that that person knew that they were a beloved son or daughter of God? You didn't try and fix them. You just reminded them. You are a beloved child of God. You are worth. You're worth investing in. You're worth me sitting with and being present with. You're worth me not being on my phone in front of. I'm just going to, just a tiny rant. If you can't be present with somebody without doing this, it's time to take a break from your phone for like ever. Because I'm just telling you right now, when I'm sitting with somebody and that's happening, all I'm hearing is you're, you're not important. And that's where our culture is, is having to step out of these hurried paces with technology like we've never had to get back to this place where I believe we go at the speed of Jesus, which is actually more like walking than running or supersonic speed. Jesus walked through communities. Jen's taking a group on a silent walk. That could benefit probably all of us. So... I want to read you a quote of um, one of my friends who's coming to preach in a couple weeks, Dr. Johns. Uh, A lot of you know that she's one of my mentors. She was in my seminary. 
but she speaks about some of the things that maybe keep people from the body. One that we know of, and this is not shaming this, but deconstruction is definitely something that's happening that we have to be aware of in people because there's a healthy route into it, and then there are ways to kind of land in some things that maybe aren't healthy. We also know that for a lot of people, shame and fear keep them from the body, from experiences they've had with other bodies that are very real, that people need to be very aware of. We also know that our community has a lot of people who come from a community that they feel that, that they were taken advantage of. Does everybody understand this? We also understand that we as Americans impose upon each spiritual body our thoughts about what that should be because we've been trained to get exactly what we want and when things like real people happen in a community, it's really hard to navigate. When someone is angry at you in a church, that shouldn't happen. But how do you navigate that instead of just flee from it, right? But one of the biggest things right now that we see is deconstruction as a landing place and as an identity as opposed to as a pass-through, which my hope and prayer is that deconstruction would deconstruct the things that need to be deconstructed, but not end in isolation, right? That's not any healthier, to just be alone. Like just loneliness, that's not any healthier. So I want to read you this quote she put. A few words about deconstruction. In order to move out of toxic environment, it is often necessary to exert the power of I and stake one's claim over against repressive systems. Once the power of I is gained, it is especially hard to let go of it, especially when the I is wounded. We can become trapped in our power of deconstruction and find ourselves in what Mark Taylor calls amazing grace, endless possibilities, and no closures. A life of mutual display, but one fearful of common values, common stories. Longing for community, but afraid it may harm us. In such a world, everything can be deconstructed, except the I. We protect the wounded self, but who wants to live in the wilderness? The way out is not going back. It's going deeper, deeper into the call of Christ to come and die. The paradox of the via negativa. All to Jesus, our surrender may seem like a call to return to a life you struggled to be free from. It's not, because it offers true freedom Freedom to love and be loved. Ending with a quote from T.S. Eliot, the only hope or else despair lies in the choice of pirate pyre. Dr. Cheryl Johns. My hope is that wherever you find yourself today entering into this conversation, that you would involve Jesus as the first step. Whether it is deconstruction, which may feel like an identity. It's not. Whether it's shame, which is a very real collective thing all of us deal with in our culture, it's not your identity. Whether it's fear of what might happen in a space where you submit to the body again, whether it's your choice of what the spiritual community should be, the invitation is to see Jesus and then to be drawn into the body. So as we pray today, I want to give you the opportunity to just create space to hear from him and to be present. If you'd like, I'd like you to close your eyes. I'm going to say some things over you and then pray. Your truest identity in this room 
is a beloved son or daughter of the Most High King, Jesus. Your identity is most certainly not sinner, even though that may have drawn you into the presence of Jesus. That is not where you've landed. So when you enter a space, a holy space, whether it be a sanctuary or a car ride to work, you enter that space confident that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did. You are now the beloved son or daughter of the Most High God. You also have been bestowed so much love that there's love now coming out of you. And so your landing spot is not your shrine and your car, but the community of God with broken people. Broken people living into their belovedness day by day. Hurting people hurting other people as they learn. But you enter confidently as a son or daughter, desiring to love those well, and instead of discouraging others, choose to encourage others. So the question today is, who in your life needs to be encouraged? Who needs courage built in? Who needs you to put both of your hands on their shoulders and say, you are beloved? Maybe it's your son or daughter who is struggling at school and feeling behind. Maybe it's your son or daughter who's an athlete. Maybe it's your mom or dad who's alone in a room, or maybe it's the person sitting right next to you right now. Do they know they are the beloved of the Most High God? Could they hear it from you today in a way that says, I see you, I'm with you, and you are the beloved? And Jesus, mostly today we ask that we would embody what it means to be present because you did that. You literally came into our world born as a baby, became physically present, spiritually present, emotionally present, and then showed us for 33 years what it was like to be present with each other. We thank you for this. We thank you that you are the model. We thank you that you're not only the model, but you are the word, and the word is important because of you. So as we read it and as we live into being the body here in Smyrna, I pray that this would be such an expectation kind of environment that as we approach this place or each other at coffee dates, we would have anticipation to be with the beloved and then to love our neighbor well. And we ask even more specifically, God, that we would be present together, that really currently it's hard to gather the body of Christ for so many reasons, but that we would just make the choice we will be together. And while we're together, we will be present with one another and we will encourage. And so I'm asking you and I'm praying for you that you would deeply consider how to be extremely present with the body and step into being with each other. And I thank you, God, that you allow us to do that and that we don't have to hide. There's no one coming here to fight us for being together for you. We, we can do that, and in some places that can't happen. So thank you that we can lean into that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys can stand with me. So at the end of the service, I wanted to stop a little bit early today so that we could give you time to continue to fill this out because extreme practical is who are you, 
And how can our staff and prayer people pray for you? So on the back of that sheet, it will have how can we pray for you? We would love to. And we want you to put it in the black boxes in the back so it can be private. If you would like to not be a part of this body, that's okay. (laughs) We understand. We love you. But we would love to pray for you still. That would be kind of fun. I have, a, I have a list of names in my office that I have decided to start interceding for, and it's people that I know are a part of the body now. And it's a beautiful body. There's a lot of people online. Thank you, guys. There's a lot of people present. And I've just began to intercede because I believe one of the calls of a shepherd or a pastor is to intercede for the body and intercede specifically. And if you actually know what to intercede for, what to pray for, it's a lot better. But the st- first step of that is, are you a part? And I would love to pray for you, okay? So we're going to give some space, sing the doxology, and then we're going to let this room just kind of be full of life, and you can fill out the sheet and be blessed. So, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this body. As we stand alert and present, let us be present even right now. Let us clear our minds, be present with people in this room. Let us see people, smell people, hear people. Let us be here right now. Jesus' name. Amen. If you will take this with you this week, this will help you consider and pray about some of the things we've been asking. In this room, you can turn your stuff in the back. We love you so much. Thank you for being here. Blessings. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.